Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded, it's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC, and we're going to do another mini-sode today. Um, we're going to do it on the heels of um, the last episode that we released with Coach Carson McQuarrie, where we uh, eventually wound up talking about self-acceptance. Uh, we covered a lot of great uh, topics um, and had a really great conversation on that episode. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, I highly recommend it. Um, Carson is a, a great coach and uh, has uh, had a lot of great um, uh, athletic accomplishments uh, in his life. And we use that as a springboard to to arrive at this concept of self-acceptance and um, and how transitions and um, molding your athletic identity over time uh, can be something that's really challenging and really scary, uh, honestly, for a lot of athletes. And so uh, we kind of stayed on that topic and leaned into it, and um, it was a really great uh, a great place to end. And um, I was excited that we kind of arrived there and ended up touching on that because it's something that that I see a lot of athletes struggle with. Um, it's something that I feel like if you stay kind of in endurance sports long enough, it's something that you ultimately butt up against and, and probably have some, some struggles with. We got some great feedback from that episode. We had some great questions, uh, from our listeners. And, um, so it's something that got me thinking and, you know, this, this time of year, um, here it is. We're early October as I'm recording uh, this uh, this episode, and uh, in the northern hemisphere, um, we're transitioning out of the summer um, into fall and ultimately winter, and uh, that brings about a host of changes for for lots of athletes, regardless of discipline. Um, and then if you're uh, in other parts of the world in the southern hemisphere, it's a transition uh, out of winter and into uh, what's typically uh, you know. Um, a more, uh, for a lot of athletes, a more engaging time period, a more, uh, um, a more volume heavy time period. And so, um, that idea of self-acceptance just got me thinking about this idea of transitions and ultimately what, um, what we were kind of dancing around and what we were hitting on was, um, was that it's, it's problematic for lots of athletes and it's troublesome to make transitions. Uh, Carson and I were talking about how, you know, transitioning specific to, to his athletic endeavors, transitioning from, uh, record setting ultra distance, um, endeavors, um, to, um, to more kind of classic endurance events, uh, Grand Fondo's, uh, century rides, um, trying to race, uh, and do some events that are a little faster and not quite as long, uh, making a transition to to running and strength training, so all of that can be um, can be a struggle, and that's a transition. Uh, that's a season of of his life, and and so many athletes go through uh, go through the same thing. And um, again, this is really a um, it's, it's kind of a um, it's a struggle with our athletic identity. We struggle to make those transitions because we've formed our identity in uh, in a particular space, whether that is around a particular discipline, whether that's around a particular amount 
uh, or volume of that discipline. So, you know, whether that's, um, you know, riding a bunch, running a bunch, being an ultra distance uh, athlete, and then realizing that you don't have necessarily the time or the energy to put into uh, that particular discipline, whether it's um, that, you know, you used to be uh, able to execute at a particular pace, you used to be you know, felt like you used to be faster and now you're not as fast anymore. Uh, you used to win races and now maybe that's more challenging. It could be any number of things. But again, these transitions are kind of um, butting up against our athletic identity. And so I just started to kind of link these things together and think about this, this you know, idea of self-acceptance, athletic identity, and then, and then what that means for transitional periods in our life or transitional periods as athletes. And it just so kind of happened to, to align with a very natural transition um, that we find ourselves in as athletes um, in kind of very real time. So again, in the Northern Hemisphere, where uh, even without, um, largely without races this season, um, we still, you know, set aggressive goals for ourselves. We, we had higher volume blocks of training, um, we, we still uh, managed to adhere to fairly traditional periodization models where we did certain things in the summertime, um, or again, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, certain things in the wintertime, and now we're transitioning or starting to think about what it's going to look like to move to, um, to something different. And regardless of if it's a transition in our life, if it's a transition in our athletic identity, or if it's just a transition in our training approach, those are very challenging times for athletes. Specific to um, to the seasonal transition, we so often find or struggle with allowing that transition to hold the same weight as another um, period of of time in our training. So again, um, we'll use the Northern Hemisphere as an example. For coming from a high volume phase of training, um, maybe we did some racing or we set some aggressive goals, we accomplished some things, and then we transition, we're losing daylight, um, we can't ride as much as we used to, the race season or event calendar uh, will diminish at least for some period of time, um, and then we're kind of left wondering what to do and we we feel like th- these transitional time periods are not as valuable as other time periods in our training calendar or in our life. Um, and so again, I, I just want to talk a little bit about transitions on the heels of some of these broader topics like self-acceptance and uh, and athletic identity. And, and I think there's a real link there. Again, if we look at kind of the the undercurrent behind why these transitions are challenging, um, there's a lot more kind of going on below the surface. And I think that there's some tools that we can employ um, as it relates to how we think about these time periods that can make us more successful from a physiological um, standpoint or, you know, physically from a fitness standpoint. So um, what we can think about or one of the ways to position um, transitions is that 
these phases are equally as important as any other phase in our in our life. Um, so these things are are critical. Um, they're necessary. They're important, um, and they're not less than um, another period of life, uh, period or phase that we were in. Um, these are just kind of the natural ebbs and flow um, of uh, of of the training cycle uh, again of of life and and of athletic identity. So I'm going to go through a few um, a few points, and again to in an effort to hopefully identify some tools that we can use to take some of the anxiety and some of the pressure um, away from these transitional periods. Um, again, we'll use, I want to look at it through the lens of kind of this real, real time um, period that we're in, where we're transitioning from one particular focus to another focus um, whether it be discipline specific, whether it be volume, intensity, but also knowing that we can kind of take these tools and we can extrapolate them into kind of a larger context, which might be that we might find ourselves specific to the time period that we're in. We might find ourselves transitioning um, away from one discipline uh, into another discipline that might make more sense for us right now due to contextually what's going on in the world. Maybe that means that we're, because we're working from home, because we're balancing more with work or family, because um, the race calendar isn't what it used to be. Any and all of these things may be forcing us to, uh, or causing us to look at things through a different lens. And so, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of talk about them in real time, but but I also think that there's a lot of application to just kind of how we approach the broader um, uh, perspective as it relates to how we continue to shape and mold and view our athletic identity through the lens of the things that we're doing, the type of training that we're doing. Um, and I think that there's value in finding engagement and um, and value in in all of those facets. Um, so, um, so the first thing again is see these transitions as necessary and, and important. Um, we, we often belittle them. We say, okay, well, if we're not doing, you know, race preparation or if we're not building towards a goal, then this other thing must not be as important. It must mean that it's not going to make me as fit. I'm going to lose fitness. I'm going to, um, you know, whatever it is, we, we build these things up in our minds. And so we immediately kind of diminish these time periods. And that, of course, has a cascading effect on our effectiveness, on our um, productivity, on our consistency. Um, and so that's the first thing that I think that we can start to remove ourselves from or remove from kind of our vernacular is that it's um, that these things are not as important. And then ultimately, the anxiety that comes from seeing them as a waste of time. So if you don't view these time periods, if you don't view these transitions as as critical, um, then you see them as less than the thing that you were doing before. And then that that adds a level of, of anxiety because you feel like you should be doing something else. Or maybe you don't feel like, maybe you feel like you don't know what you should be doing 
at all. And so there's this kind of fraught relationship with these transitions if we don't see them as important. So step number one is that transitions are, are critical. We can't continue to train at the same um, same intensity, the same volume. We can't. We don't even want to train the same thing year round, season after season. Transitions are are important, and they need to be treated with the same weight. The timing of those things is critical. Um, you know, working with someone who understands how to time those things appropriately and optimally for you as a co- uh, as an athlete is super important. So, step one: know that they're important and treat them as such in our minds. Um, that's going to remove a lot of the anxiety that kind of leads us to the conversation that that we're having right now. Next step is to plan them and organize them like any other time period. So the other thing that gets in folks' way a lot of times is that when we make these transitions, we we end up doing it in a way that's not super productive because we don't know how to treat them. So we've we've decided again if we go against kind of the first step, we've decided that they're less than something else that we should be doing that that might be more important. Uh, so that could be, you know, again, doing more. Um, so volume, intensity, um, whatever it is. Um, so we go into them and we, and we don't plan for them. And they're kind of a nebulous time period. There's a nebulous approach. Uh, there's a nebulous organization there. And that, again, is feeds into this anxiety and this negative feedback loop where we've told ourselves that they're not as important so we're not going to tr- you know treat them with the same care and precision that we do other time periods of our life or of our training and then we're back into this loop again and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so plan them and organize them like any other time period know how they integrate into your overall approach know how they should integrate into your life into other responsibilities that you have and then know what the what the intent is what what should you be doing how much volume intensity what does strength training look like what does cross training look like what does rest and recovery how do you integrate these things appropriately so that it's effective how long is this time period going to last generally um, these are all important uh, aspects and so we should plan plan them and treat them with the same kind of again care and precision um, that we do other time periods in our training cycle or in our life and that's going to help to break us free from that feedback loop that we get into where we've decided these things aren't important so so we don't treat it with the same weight and respect that we do other components of our training um, and then you know uh, we just get looped into that over and over again um, so next tool once we've um, planned for this time period we've understood contextually what it means for us I think it's important that we identify something that gets us excited um, and you know again this just I mean there's a common thread here and, and a theme is that we've we reiterate the negative connotation we have with these time periods by the actions that we take in preparing for them and so if we're not excited about particular um some particular aspect of these transitional periods 
Um, it degradates motivation, consistency, um, the, um, the progress that we make during these time periods. And so then again, that props up the, the thought that this is not a productive time period, that we should be doing something else. So again, you can pick up on the underlying uh, uh, current here. But I think it's important to identify something that gets, gets you excited. And that could be anything. And it might be best to, to make that thing something other than um, what motivates you during the primary um, kind of um, time periods in your training. So, you know, again, if this, if we're talking about the Northern Hemisphere, this is the summer summertime, we're talking about, you know, your kind of classic build periods and, and you know, uh, specificity phases where you're doing uh, the most volume, the most intensity, you're feeling super fit as a result of that. It might be nice uh, or it might be helpful and this is very individual uh, specific, but to pick something that that is motivating outside of those those things that have classically motivated you. So, a great example of that might be strength training. So, you know, transitional periods are a great time to work on limiters, to work on uh, overall athleticism, to work on mobility, um, uh, to work on strength. And so, maybe the motivator becomes building those components, which are um, kind of opposite of your classic discipline specific workouts. Um, but whatever it is, you know, another example, uh, or ways that that can manifest itself could just be, um, free time could be taking walks, could be really enjoying the rest and the space that comes with these transitional periods. Maybe that's what gets you excited. Um, getting out and, and exploring an area that you're not, uh, typically, um, you don't typically have the time to do that. You don't have the free time when you're in these peak phases of, of your life. So whatever that is, take some time to, to think about what it is that motivates and excites you and then use that to drive your, um, your consistency and your focus through these transitional periods. Um, another, another tool um, is to not let the transition last too long. So while these periods are important, when we don't have a plan, when we don't have focus, what I often see is that they, they drag on for too long. So, you know, we get into this, um, this negative feedback loop, but also we find ourselves um, kind of lost without direction. Maybe we haven't been as consistent as we would have liked again, because of lack of focus, motivation, uh, excitement, commitment, so on and so forth. Um, so we just kind of get it, we get down on ourselves. It's hard to get ramped back up. We're not feeling as fit and as strong as we remember feeling. And so these transition periods can kind of drag on and they can drag on so long that, um, that it can be, um, it can be detrimental to our uh, to our sustainability as athletes, and ultimately detrimental to our athletic identity. We lose sight of um, the strong, confident, motivated individual that we once were uh, or once felt like. That doesn't necessarily go away, but again, there's there's kind of the mental, emotional piece there that um, we feel like we've lost sight or lost touch with that with that individual that you know is not so. Uh, uh, is not so much in the in the distant past. So 
this goes back to having a plan. If we plan for these transitions, that's the that's the best way to ensure that they don't drag on um, for too long. But we want to use the transition as a springboard to to what's next. So springboard to you know our longevity as an athlete, to our next uh, to our next goal, to our next um, whatever it is, um, whatever it is overarchingly that keeps you engaged as an athlete. Um, that's what we want these transition periods to to behave as is um is stepping stones they're important um they're critical for longevity uh sustainability but they don't last forever or they shouldn't last forever um and so make sure to plan for them and then don't let them last too long now the length of these things um is very athlete dependent you know it it might be just a few short weeks. Uh, it might be several months. It depends on what, what, where we're heading and, and what we've experienced and what we're trying to balance and, and how we can kind of manage our sustainability, uh, and our athletic identity. Um, but just know that they need to, we need to, to transition away from these time periods eventually when it's right for you as an athlete. Um, and then, Lastly, um, make the transition a consistent part of your overall approach. Um, so another thing that that I see happen a lot is that we, you know, maybe an athlete has a really productive kind of transitional season. Maybe that you know they're able to do all these things that that I've just talked about. They have a good headspace. They have a plan. They realize it's you know it's valuable for their, for their, uh, athletic identity. They've accepted that it's, that it's important and they do it once. And then they, they kind of think that, okay, well, I did that one transition. Now, now my fitness is going to be, you know, linear for forever. I'm going to, going to be able to continue to train. Um, I did that one thing. Now let's, you know, let's only do, um, you know, kind of, uh, primary discipline specific, focus forever and always. Um, and, and so transitions come around all the time and, and truthfully they come around fairly frequently. We need to transition, um, out of, uh, out of big, big goals. You know, if something, if you do something really, um, um, really important, uh, if you do something that was really taxing, uh, there's transitions before and after that. Uh, there's transitions for seasons. There's transitions for um, how you're managing stress in your in your uh, in your daily life. So all of these things, um, transitions are consistent, and they should be consistently integrated um, into your overall approach. And I would even challenge you to almost kind of force yourself. To, to transition. So that might mean, you know, mixing things up from a discipline um, perspective. So, you know, do another sport. Um, challenge yourself um, to do something that's not comfortable or you don't feel like you necessarily have the aptitude for. Um, step outside of your comfort zone when it comes to to your schedule, to uh, the timing of your workouts, to, again, the discipline that you're focused on. Any and all of these things can help with these transitions. And, and again, I think they need to be consistent because I think it's a critical component of 
sustainability and longevity uh, as an athlete. I've talked about this a ton on the podcast is that it doesn't do you any good to be an athlete for one season. Um, The goal always is to figure out how we can work within your mental and physical um, limiters and strengths to, to carve out an approach that works long term. Um, and so I think these transitions are really critical components of that longevity because we can't stay 100% focused, operated 100% uh, proficiency at you know maximum volume intensity so on and so forth we can't do that year round and we can't do that year round year after year after year so we need these times where we shift focus where we push ourselves outside of our comfort zone where we do other things that are engaging in different ways and all of these things cumulatively again there's a physical component there's there's um, science um, that tells us that mixing things up, you know, cross training, shifting, allowing for more recovery, uh, overreaching these periodization models, all these things that sets us up for success when the time is right to push. And then there's, there's the mental component where the, um, how we operate, how we're engaged, our commitment, our motivation, our excitement, um, again, athletic identity, self-acceptance, all these concepts that we talk about constantly on the podcast, um, that these things are, um, they're a finite resource as well. And so these transition periods allow for a reset. Um, and they're, it's important that we make them uh, a recurring part of our approach because that's what's going to, it's going to be one of the tools we can use from a macro perspective to ensure longevity um, so that you're not just doing something for one or two seasons, but you're doing something for um, for the rest of your life or for as long as it adds value to uh, to to the things that you're trying to accomplish um, outside of uh, endurance sports. So um, hopefully that was uh, was helpful. Again, I, I want to I'm talking about things through kind of the lens of our current time period and in, in what's classically kind of a shoulder season, a transitional se- season, um, no matter where you live. But I think that there's a broader reach um, and a broader application of this mindset that transitions are are good, uh, they're okay, that it there's nothing that says we have to continue to do the same thing season after season, we have to be the same type of athlete. We have to take the same approach just because we've done it in the past or just because that's what we've most closely identified with. Um, we can transition uh, completely. We can transition just for a season, for a short period of time. So the application of this kind of transitional mindset is something that I think has kind of uh, you know broad and um, far-reaching application and it's something that I've seen uh, a lot of athletes struggle with as we you know navigate what what it looks like from here to to next year um, and coming to terms with the importance uh, of these transitional periods I think really helps 
uh, or, or can or, or will really help to, to make that the, the bridge between where we're at now and what peak, um, the peak period looks like next year much more kind of easy to grasp and cope with and handle. So um, as always, I hope it was helpful. Um, please feel free to reach out uh, if you have any questions or any feedback. Um, we love um, hearing uh, your feedback from, from all these episodes, and that's, that's oftentimes what drives these conversations. So uh, thomasendurancecoaching.com, um, and you can reach out to us there. Um, you can contact, um, contact any of our team members uh, with feedback, and uh, we'd love to, to hear from you. You can also um, uh, check out our blog for any of the information uh, or for more information on what we're talking about. We have some really great articles uh, that just came out and are queued up for, for the season. We're working really hard as a coaching team to, uh, to produce um, uh, some really great content to help athletes navigate these time periods and the time that we're in. And, um, and then also, uh, we just recently in the last few weeks launched uh, nutrition services. Um, so we brought on uh, a registered dietitian and uh, nutritionist uh, to the TEC team. We're offering uh, standalone nutrition consultations, which has been um, really, really valuable for, for lots of our athletes already. But um, encourage everyone to check that out. Um, the hope is that we can provide um, kind of a fully rounded uh, approach to, to, uh, to our athletes um, that, we, that we have the opportunity to work with. Um, and we're approaching it in uh, a much more holistic way. So uh, we're coming at it from uh, with an intuitive eating um, slant. We're talking about uh, athletes' relationship uh, with food, um, their mindset, um, and then we're we're working our way into the best approach for performance. So it's a really uh, transformative uh, approach to nutrition and, and athletic performance. So um, again, you can check that out on, on our website, thomasendurancecoaching.com. Uh, under our services, you'll see nutrition consultation uh, along with all the other services that we, we offer. So thanks as always for tuning in. Um, I'm Taylor Thomas, and I look forward to seeing you next time.